You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 257, brought to you by Podcasting With Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcaster. My name's Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, cold emailing is like free gambling. If done right, it can cost you nothing with an infinite rate of return. And joining me on today's show is Ryan Peck. Ryan is a cold email king. There you go. We've got the cold email king and the podcasting queen together he is also a leads generator a business consultant and founder of the leads system and care ultima he is probably the only person in the world to partner with amazon through a cold email he's also caught the attention of numerous fortune 500 and fortune 10 executives now on today's show ryan's going to share the must-have software tools that we need to automate our prospecting he's going to talk about how we can easily increase our our open rates by 27% as well as the three crucial steps needed to start any cold email campaign. Honoured to have you on the show, oh email king, cold email king, how are you? Yes, very good, Emery. thank you, appreciate being here, the, the queen. So. <laughs> this topic I, I, I love because, you know, so many business owners now recognise the, the value of communicating via email, but as we know, there is so much noise and clutter online that even if we spend hours creating great content that we know is going to be of value, it's not really getting through, it's not converting. And uh, I know that you're going to share some great things. But before you do, how did you get into to this? And secondly, how did you attract the attention and was able to then partner with Amazon? Share the share the goss. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And thanks again for appreciate the, for being on. You're so glad to be here. Um, but yeah, you know, so it started actually a few years ago in my business when I actually had some health problems. Um, and before, up until that point in my life, I was doing the whole nine to five thing, you know, going to the office, nine to five, you know, like the majority of people in the world. And, you know, they come home, I would come home, watch Netflix, go to bed, wake up, repeat, you know, mm -hmm. every day, day in, day out. Um, until I got, I got sick out of the blue where I got um, blood clots in both of my legs from my ankle going all the way up to my groin, both legs top to bottom. And then I had four clots break off on my left side, travel up into the arteries of my lungs. One on the right side, travel the arteries in the lungs, block the blood flow, and it's pretty fatal. Um, but I'm I'm still here. You know, I'm wow. all the doctors told me I was lucky and you know survive. And so after that, I was on bed rest for a while. I couldn't do anything. Uh, my business wasn't being worked on. It was going backwards. Mm. Nothing was happening. It was just stagnant. And um, I was at home. I had no ad spend. I had no marketing budget. Mm. You know, I was literally on the couch, in my bed, just laying down for the whole entire day. Um, so using this time after a while, I kind of like, you know, I need to do something. I need to, I can't just let this go. I need to take action. I need to do something. I don't have any ad spend. I don't have any marketing budget. I don't know what I'm doing at mm. this point. I'm stuck in my, my bed or my couch. 
So I just started researching, you know, and I didn't know anything about online marketing at that point, but I just started researching what can I do to kind of get, start marketing, but with no money, um, I came across cold emailing. I figured, hey, I have a Gmail account. I don't know anything about it. It's free. I'm just going to take action and see where it goes. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I started. That's, that was my whole, the whole start of this journey, which is now transformed into, you know, something a lot bigger and better, you know, and. But that's how I got started. Kind of unique, interesting, but that's kind of my story and how it all yeah. started, you know, three it's, years it's ago. It's interesting how when you look back, challenges and really traumatic events that occur in your life. And for you, of course, this was a health challenge that really was the difference between life and death. And, uh, you yeah. know, obviously, thank goodness that um, you were able to come through that. And, and now, yeah. of course, now back to full health. But then from that challenge comes opportunities that you may never have been able to come across or stumble across were it Absolutely. not for the situation where you were, uh, in, of course, in bed and looking after recuperating your health. So if, if we look at cold email, that's similar, I'd imagine, to what we could call calling, where you've got an email address, it's a piece of content which is connected to another human being, but that person has never really heard from you, about you, or even know who you are. That's the same, we're on the same page with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, they don't know who you are. You're, you don't know your message, your company, your name, nothing, your product, your service. You're brand new to them. Yes. Same thing, you're reaching out through an email and they don't know anything about you. Yeah, fantastic. So what are some of these must-have software tools that we need to know about and it's going to help us automate our prospecting? Yeah, so the thing, the thing that I figured out uh, with experience and with time is um, now I can say statistically that 85% of the responses they get back from companies, whether large or small, come from emails two through five. And But 99% of entrepreneurs or business owners who are trying to cold email in their business, including myself back then, mm. are only sending one email. Mm. You know, they'll send in one email to 100 different people, yeah. and they'll say, hey, I sent, a, I sent this email to 100 people. I didn't get a response. They must not be interested. Yes. But I like to think of it as, you know, I have, I live off my, my cell phone. You know, most people do. Mm -hmm. I can be in the car. I can be, you know, eating. I can be, a, I can be in a meeting or anything. I'll get an email. I'll check it really quick. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll put my phone down and forget about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I wasn't interested. It's just the timing wasn't right to take the time and respond because I'm doing something else. I'm preoccupied. And so I realized that that's how it is for most people. And having said that, mm -hmm. you know, if I can if we can follow up and email again and again and again and again, yes. that's where the bigger success is going to come. And it's so simple. It really is, mm. but it's the simplest thing, but most people aren't doing it and don't see the power in it. So having said that there are systems and software that you can use that'll automate it for you. So now I'm at a point where I pretty much have a set message for a particular niche or industry. Mm -hmm. It's pre-written emails one through five. I plug it in the software. I upload a list of these, companies and people yes. and it'll do all the work for me i'll just say when to email what to say you know what time and what days to email yeah. and it's all done and there's different softwares out there my personal favorite one that'll do all the work for you mm -hmm. and they even have a free account you know starting out which is what i use in the beginning it is called hubspot uh -huh. um, now hubspot is lots they're known for an in, inbound like marketing agency mm. um, people don't even realize that they have an email automation system into it um, but I prefer HubSpot. Um, they have all the analytics. It tracks the open rates. It tracks the response rates. You can even upload templates, you know, or attachments, and it'll it'll let you know if that person on the mm -hmm. other end opened your attachment for how long they viewed your attachment for. 
Um, you can automate the sequences. You can do all the mail merging. It'll personalize everything for you. Mm. And they even have a free account. And like I said, that when I got started with, I didn't have any marketing budget. I didn't have any money. I use HubSpot. Eventually, I came to the point where I started using it. Yes. And it's been a game changer. Everything is automated. Everything is done for me. Mm. All my emails go out when I tell them to. I just simply upload. At this point, I upload the list. Mm -hmm. Everything is done for me. So I can upload a list of 100 prospects. Yeah. And essentially, five, 500, what is it? Yeah, 500 emails are going to end up going out over the course of a period of time, all automated, all, all done for me with the thing I have to yeah. do. Yeah. Now, so, no, uh, no, that's fantastic. So HubSpot, and I have heard of HubSpot, HubSpot before and probably many uh, ambitious entrepreneurs who are listening or watching today may have as well. So they certainly check that out if they're not got a, a tool that automates. So share with people when, when you're sending that out, because uh, this is going to lead to a second question I have. So when yep. you're sending this out, obviously you are providing the, the, the call to action or something down the track that you're hoping that one of these people or number of them are going to invest in. Is that a service or a product? So I, I'm selling an actual product. It's a package, okay. yes. you know, but it's, it's US based. It's a, pa yeah. it's a package of services combined. Um, so that's my pitch to them. Yeah. That's my product. Yeah, fantastic. So with some of these automation tools, if you've got a sequence of emails, I'm sure HubSpot will be able to do this, but I want to make people aware of this before they go out and they go fantastic so that they can keep track of this. So say, for instance, you've got a set of five emails and they're constantly strategically sending out content. Now, if someone does decide, you know, they see that I've just been waiting for this. This is the answer to my, you know, my struggles. And then they do invest. I'd imagine that HubSpot and some of the other tools that I'm sure are out there to do this will stop that campaign and not continue to send the emails. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Great okay. point. It will. So you, the only once they actually, yeah, once they respond back, um, it'll just automatically stop the sequence. So yes. it's you know it's pretty smart and, and intelligent. Yeah. Now. Right. I'll tell you why, Ryan. I had uh, someone who reached out to me, and I think there's someone that was teaching people a LinkedIn strategy where you mine for all these email addresses, and then you put them onto a three-part um, you know email sequence. And I knew this because I kind of monitor these things, and the subject lines were the same, and the content was the same too. And I, by the way, people don't do this because this is what happened. I decided after this, I think the first email that I got to ring this person because they were in Melbourne and that's unusual for me. They're normally from overseas, so I'm not sure of the time frame and the time difference. And I rang and I had a good conversation and, you know, kind of left it there. They invited me to an event and, and I was going to check back. But then a couple of days later, I got another email from this person uh -huh. that said, oh, I haven't heard from you, so I'm just sending this again. And I'm thinking... Uh, uh -huh. I did. And so if you do have something like that that's not automated um, to take that person off the, hey, by the way, we've reached out, you've got to monitor that because I think one of the things with cold emailing, you have to have strategies in place that is still nurturing that relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Still from yeah. that H to H, which I know we've heard before that term, human to human. What are some yeah. things that you say are a must have? And this may relate to the next point about increasing open rates. But if you're thinking about having that sequence, what are some things that you do to personalize to make sure that when someone is getting the email, that they do feel still that you know you're the sender, that you do you do really generally respect their time and, and care ultimately that the outcome they're looking for is what you want for them as well. What are just a couple of tips that you would say? 
Um, well, like you just said about personalizing it, um, and that was kind of the that was kind of one thing I did too to increase the open rates too, um, and that's statistically um, my statistics that I've I've sent thousands of thousands of thousands and twenty seven percent increase off the bat just by personalizing the subject line alone, mm-hmm. um, and and it's came, it comes down to two things: one is either their name, and it's typically their first name, um, not Miss like I'm Ryan Peck, not Mr. Mm-hmm. Peck, but Ryan, you know, it's mm. more personal. It's on a person-to-person basis, um, and also, if I can, I try to include two personalizations: first name and company name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for an example, would be me, like Ryan. Um, let's talk about Kara Ultima. Um, so that tells me that whoever's emailing me, it's not a generic pitch. It's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, my, do I know this person? That's interesting. You know, they have my first name. They know my company name. Let me open it. Um, just doing that alone will increase opening rate 27%. percent mm. um, And also, too, getting down to the structures of the emails, um, keeping them not not salesy. You know, um, mm-hmm. every, most people, including myself in the beginning, try and go for um, a sale in the first email. Mm. Um, you don't want to do that. You know, no one's going to make a sale to a complete stranger on a complete, you know, unknown product or service right off the bat. There's no relationship. Yes. You know, um, keep it simple, mm-hmm. short. All you want to do is pique their interest and say, ha, huh, that's interesting. I, I want to know a little more. Yes. So then if you're looking at those five different emails, and you said five different emails, so the first yes. one is obviously a bit of an introduction, um, and, and then as you go along, you'd be providing more information. At what stage do you start to kind of go towards more of a, here's a little bit more information about obviously the package and the product that you're going to sell? Is that kind of email three or, or where is it positioned? Yeah, so great question. For me, actually, it's it's kind of it's kind of email. So it's kind of email one actually, yeah. which is which is a little different, but it's not a complete sell. So I like to do my USP, I mean my unique selling proposition, and one to two sentences, and that's yeah. hard for everybody. Is to try mm-hmm. and really take everything that you do and put it in a really powerful one to two sentence. And if you can do that, or if anybody can do that. That's really going to increase open rates, the reply rates, you know, and catch a lot of interest. You can really put it together. So I put that in my first email, mm-hmm. second, third, fourth, and fifth, but in different ways. And I like to think of it as shooting at a target. Yes. If there's a target in front of you and you're shooting at it and you get it right in the center, mm-hmm. um, the goal is the same. The center is the same. But if you're going to take two steps to the right, your angle is going to be different, mm-hmm. but your, the target is still the same. And if you take two steps more to the right, you know, your angle is going to be different, but your target's the same. Mm-hmm. And what, what I mean by that is your unique selling proposition is a target. Yes. You want to keep that same core message the same mm-hmm. for five emails, but in a different slight angle, a different slight way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, look, it does. And I think in case people are, are listening, thinking, I don't know, well, what is that target? Here's, what I think, some of the things, and, and let's add to this. You know your ideal client and what they're struggling with um, 110%. You know them that so well that you can speak into their problem. And the way that you provide your solution, you know is going to deliver an outcome. And I think for a lot of people, and we're talking about marketing, and one of the things one of my mentors always reminds me of is, it is marketing. You could you could send out an email and it could all of a sudden just you know take off. You could do something the next month and all of a sudden yeah you know not much at all. But you've got to tweak and try. So just because yeah. you send something out, it doesn't mean it fails. It just means you need to tweak something. And so when you're sending that out, the way that you position that 
is really like conversational, personal, but it's really making them understand, allowing them to understand, not making them, but allowing them to understand that you know exactly what they're struggling with and that you've got a, a way, you've been able to find a solution for that. And that's really how all of those emails that you're sending is really communicating that. You're not saying, hey, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, which unfortunately is what a lot of emails do, but rather kind of, are you struggling with this? Well, I've got a solution to this. And and, that, and it's just gently guiding them in that relationship. It's, it's around that those principles, yes? Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Yeah. You know, the yeah. goal is, is by the time they get to your fifth email, yeah. they haven't responded yet, by the time they get to, to the fifth time, they're going to be like, ha, huh, that's right. By the time they open it, they already know what your message is going to be about, yes. you know? And so lots of times I, I've gotten responses from the CEO of a billion dollar corporation, a billion dollar company not too mm-hmm. long ago after the fifth email, Yes. you know, and by the time the fifth email was opened, I'm sure he already knew yeah. what the message was going to be about and he just hadn't had time to respond yet. And yeah. so I got a response after yeah. that. All right. I'm going to, I'm so interested in this. I just love all of, so I'm just going to fire some questions off at you and, and see. Yeah, no, see of course. So um, what are the time frames, time, like the day spans between each of your emails? Like that sequence is over what time frame and how many days in between? So I've, I've, I've read a lot of different things. Mm. Um, I've, I've tested a lot. I've tweaked a lot. I think now, and you know, it really comes down to, to the niche kind of too you know if it's if i'm emailing four to five hundred executives for for this particular campaign it might be a little different than if i were emailing a a mortgage broker down the street yes um so it might be a little different um however i would say a baseline of kind of what i start off with and i'll kind of tweak it according is i like to start off campaigns especially to four to five hundred executives on tuesdays Mm. um at about 11 a.m um tuesdays about 11 a.m and i find and with HubSpot too, it's great when you do these campaigns and you do all these emails and they're initially going out, mm-hmm. you can see live when they open it live. So I'm, it's kind of cool because I'm emailing all these all these companies. I'm like, oh, CEO of Disney just opened it. You know, CEO yeah. of Costco just opened it. CEO of, you know, Whirlpool just opened it. CEO of such and such just opened it. And then after you finish my campaign, I can already see all these them opening it um so i figured tuesdays at about 11 a.m is ideal yes um and then i I like to do it now about every other day not on weekends Mm. um so if i do on tuesday it'll be tuesday thursday and then the following week we monday wednesday friday Uh uh-huh okay yes yes so that would be for an executive of a larger company and i'd imagine that well tuesday is obviously a good day because monday they've just got to work there's probably a whole heap of emails 11 o'clock that they want to get through 11 o'clock is kind of not at the beginning of the day and they're more likely because one of the things and i think we so often forget what is our behavior when we are at work Delete, delete, yeah. delete, 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 delete. Even if there's yeah. some good headings, seriously, sometimes I go, that is a good heading. I'd love that one. Make a mental note. But anyway, but so what's your behavior? And, and you pretty much can guarantee that that's going to be the behavior of your ideal client too. So that's yeah. Fortune 500. If you're thinking then of the mortgage broker down the street, would that be tightened then, the time frame, or how would that look? So I see with the mortgage broker, it's a little different um, where they're not as, I don't think that is picky. I don't know. Mm. I mean, um, I've even emailed them on like Saturdays and I've gotten tons of open rates, oh, yes. you know, so it really just, it really just depends um, where I guess the niche and like the level of the business, how big it is and yeah. stuff. I found out where like a lot of everyday entrepreneurs, you know, mortgage brokers or, you know, chiropractors, everyday entrepreneur, 
Um, they're not as picky when they get an email and they'll even respond. Yeah, um, and wow. it can't even, and for them, I think a lot of it too is maybe about eight in the morning um, before they get into work mm -hmm. or as they're getting into work, right before they get into work, they get this email. So because these type of people, they're, they have meetings throughout the day and you know, I mean, they're, I mean, the chiropractor has probably this day is full of, you know, appointments. So he doesn't really have like a set time to check his email. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I figured for analytics have shown at about 8 a.m., 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. is probably the ideal time. And it can pretty much be almost any day, Monday through mm -hmm. Friday, even Saturdays sometimes have good open wow. rates. So it's a little more lenient for that, for that yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, one of the things I think that you've done over time and a great reminder for everyone watching and listening is that, you know, try with a group of emails or a group of, uh, you know, database emails and so forth. Don't send out to the whole list because then you can't monitor and track and, and make a note of when you're sending it. It's one of those things, you know, you, you can see now, had you not monitored and tracked with such a, a service as Hub's, HubSpot, there's no way that you'd be able to get that feedback. Um, yeah. And as business owners, we don't get feedback because we're not tracking how can we improve things or how can we continue to do things um, yeah. if we no, don't even know that they're working. All right, so what are some other things that you did that supported you in, in increasing that rate to 27%? And before you share, what was your open rate? Was it quite a significant difference in between what was happening and what was happening now since you made those changes? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the the industry, like I said, that every niche will be different. Every industry will be different. Um, I I've cold emailed um, for example, for whatever reason, like my service has a hard time with banks, and I don't know why. Oh, um, you. but it's okay though. But mm -hmm. I know that with you know with four five hundred executives and CEOs, they just they open them up and they respond. Like it, I you know I've I've averaged for Fortune five hundred executives over the last twelve months, and they're the hardest people to reach in the world. They get a you know, yeah. between 500,000 emails a day, mm -hmm. I've averaged almost 18% open rate, you know, for that niche, which is the hardest niche in the world, wow. you know, so it, it's just, but every niche is different, you yes. know, the mortgage will be different, the mm -hmm. chiropractor will be different, but I did find a universal pattern where by personalizing it, um, yeah. you will see your open rates increase significantly, okay. yeah, yeah, and I saw by about, by about 27%, it did increase, and that was across the board, and in various mm, niches, mm, mm. Um, it's kind of just a universal thing, so yeah. open rates will vary per niche, but that one tip will Made work regardless huge, of what huge niche difference. it is. Fantastic. Something else that I noticed in emails as well, and, and a great lesson that I learned, when you're talking about copywriting and, and the content, the information you put together, if you put it together in a way that is conversational language, because when we're reading, if we have to suddenly put our thinking caps on, like really twist our thinking, then pretty much we go, that's it. It's going to take too much brain power. Do you notice the difference that it, if you use the comp, as if you were having a conversation, people are more likely to engage with the content. Have yes. you noticed that too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. You make you make it real. You make it personable. Yeah. You you want it to sound like a human, not a robot. Yeah. But no. for Fortune five hundred, don't start it off by going, "Hey, dude." You know that might be for something. <laughs> no, but you know what though is I actually I actually oh, you start didn't, off. Did you? you know, for, I actually start off with "Hey." Oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, hey, Anne Marie. Yeah. Um, and I people have told me don't do that. You know, I've read don't do that. You want to be respectful. You want to just say hello yeah. or hi. But I've actually found that, hey, 
first yeah. name yeah. has gotten just as good as a response, not even better of a response than hello or hi, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and make sure that you check for your 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 typos too, because every now and again, I've just about to send an, an email out, and it has had hello, but I've forgotten to put the O on the end. It's hell, some so, and I thought that's not a good way to open to to open a conversation if someone doesn't hear from you either. I'm yeah. sure there's horror stories that we can all share and laugh about too. But what are these three crucial steps that we need to know to start any cold email campaign? So the three steps, um, very simple, and they can, looking at it from above, it's very simple, but you can go to each one and break each one down little by little. But the three steps, you know, looking at it is, the first step is researching. It's research, mm -hmm. it's prospecting, and then it's action. Mm -hmm. um, and that's with any campaign, I always do the same thing. If I'm going into a new niche, I won't just go and I won't just start finding the emails. Mm -hmm. I'll first I'll sit down and I'll, I'll, I'll research that niche. Yeah. I'll research what are their desires. You know, you, it's marketing stuff. What are their mm -hmm. desires? What are their pain points? You know, what do they want? And there's different ways of doing researching in Google, going to chat rooms, asking people in their industry themselves, what are they struggling with? What do they want? Mm -hmm. And actually putting in the time and doing the research. And, you know, anybody can do it for any niche. I mean, but most people don't take action on this part. They're yeah. kind of like, well, that's not, that's fine. I, I can just skip that. I can just start emailing. But it really is crucial. You really yeah. need to know, and that'll help you hone in on your message. And that'll really help you craft a really, really good message, you know, to these right people. The more research you do, the better you'll be able to address mm. them. Um, research is number one. Number two is prospecting. And once you have the research done, once you know what niche you're going to get into, once you know their pain points, their desires, their wants, their, what they need, um, then you actually actually start going in and finding companies within that niche. And mm. once you find the companies, you can find the names within that niche. And who are you going to email? Are you going to email this person or that person? And, you know, what's their first name? What's the last name? What is their email? Mm. And once you have the email, you have to clean the email. Cleaning it means you verify it. You, you run it through a, a software system and verify that's actually legitimate. So it's not going to bounce back. Mm. If it bounces back, that goes against your score. You know, it can get your account flagged. Um, uh. That's the prospecting. And yeah. then third, is actually doing it, is actually sending out the emails. And so very simple research, prospecting, emailing, or action. But yes. most people skip one or two or they jump to three. They, they just don't want to put in the time, but take the time to do those three in order yes. and people are going to see their campaigns much more successful. Yeah, I, I love those, um, those three steps. And I think the research is so important because if you do your homework and you really, as we mentioned throughout our interview, if you're really speaking and, and in a conversational way that people can relate and can see that you know what they're struggling with, they're far more open um, to the possibility of you, them really engaging or looking out for your content. Just with the, um, the second point, Point around prospecting and checking the email is there a tool or a software that you use that you recommend people can use to see if that email is one that is valid yeah 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 um one i like to use is never bounce mm -hmm. um you can use never bounce it's you know uh, i think the cost is like might be like seven dollars to clean like a thousand emails or two thousand yes. emails it's, it, it's extremely cheap yes. i mean that's us dollars i don't know what it compared to in other countries mm -hmm. um but in us dollars it's like seven or six dollars to clean like a yeah. thousand or fifteen hundred emails it's, it's very very cheap um it, and it's pretty accurate too yeah um okay. so i use never bounce almost all the time and mm -hmm. um it cleans it does a good job uh, you can do bulk cleaning you can do just you know smaller cleaning um, but it's a crucial step in the prospecting phase. Very crucial. You really have to make sure you really get your email clean because mm -hmm. if you don't, um, and it's happened to me, 
um, you're going to get your account flagged. And, and there is also a strategy too, if you want to use your company email or not a company email, because if you are using company email and that's your primary email and your account gets flagged or spammed, mm -hmm. your company email is, is out of an email account, Yes, you know, so, and that just adds extra importance on to cleaning the email because if you are using your company email, you definitely don't want that thing to get flagged or spammed, you know, mm. by, by these companies out there. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we go full circle and someone has never done anything like this before and thought thinks, you know what, um, this sounds like a really good idea, I'm going to, to give it a go. What would be one last insight that if they didn't know that could jeopardize the whole success of uh, the, the whole kind of e cold call email campaign that we've just discussed? What would be one last insight you'd want to share? One last insight, um, I would probably say the, the I would probably say te the three, the three keys, I guess, is yeah. um, test, analyze, and optimize. Mm. Um, and that's really what it is. And I like to say that cold emailing is 50% art, 50% science. And yeah. the science is you have tools that you use, like Never Bounce, like mm -hmm. HubSpot. You have analytics that you track, you know, the open rates, the response rates. This is all science. This is all like step-by-step -step stuff that's very easy to follow. Mm -hmm. The art is the interesting part and that just comes with experience and testing mm. you know is you have to test you have to see well what subject line works best and mm. there is no right or wrong answer there is no science for that mm. it really is art you have to really try and test and figure out and try this and try that mm -hmm. so testing you and you have to, it's okay you're not going to have a hundred percent success rate nobody does yeah um yes. so testing and then analyzing those results you have mm. to analyze once you test it you have to analyze what worked what didn't what can I improve on? Let's test again. Yeah. And that's the optimizing. So true. And I think the testing and tweaking, one of the things that I do, and this is maybe what, what you've done too over the past, is if I'm thinking about various pieces of content that I want to include in an email uh, sequence such as yourself or even into my newsletter, what I might do is share things on social and see what kind of response that I get. And if I get yeah. responses like, wow, thank you for that. I just needed that. Or you were, you, how did you know that? I was just thinking those kind of responses and the likes and the hearts and all that kind of get that engagement and interaction means that you're speaking into your ideal client's pain points yeah. or giving information that you know is, is going to be helpful for them. And if that's the case, you can pretty much not guarantee, but know that if that's what you include in any of those subsequent follow-up emails, whoever is, is reading that, if they're your ideal client, they'll engage with it as well. So is that yeah. something that you've done too in the past? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah. absolutely I have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you really wanna, that's all come to the testing and analyzing and you yeah. have to do that. And that's where the art comes in. Like like you mentioned is you just, you gotta figure it out. And there's no, mm. there's no right or wrong answer for any of this. It's like what color works better for this niche and let's just keep trying. Yeah, exactly. Know? And it's interesting, isn't it? That just a slight tweak, in your subject line can make a huge difference. But it makes sense because often that's the first thing we see. And if we've got boring subject lines and all of a sudden this content or this, you know, one sentence is really something that we are thinking about, you know, um, yeah. then there's more likelihood that our eyes will go straight to that and then we'll click uh, open to that email. So share with us, Ryan, how can people find out more about you and what's the best way to connect? 
Um, yeah, I, I actually recently started a, a free Facebook group for cold emailing, you know, for entrepreneurs worldwide, mm-hmm. um, not long ago, and it's anyone can join, you can just group, you can just type in the search bar cold email marketing for entrepreneurs. Um, and there I give um, live trainings and how to research and how to prospect and how to clean the emails and mm-hmm. how to set up, you know, how to brainstorm and set up your content and subject lines and the art behind it. I mean, I mean, it's free to join. I mean, it's it's free advice. I mean, people are asking questions and commenting, you know. So anyone's join and, you know, join the group and learn and yes. take action. Just yeah, do it absolutely. And, Actually, yeah. one final question I have, and it's just something that I'm thinking through. And, and again, this is probably going to de- depend on, on the niche. But is there a, a good length of email? Because one of the things that we need to think about, are people are busy. So yeah. concise, to the point, not too long. Yeah. What are some things that you've noticed when you're sending out your emails? Yeah, so I like to keep my emails um, one through five across the board mm. um, uh, between one paragraph or paragraph section yes. um, to four, one to four sections or paragraphs. Yep. And each section paragraph is between one to three sentences max. Yes. So, so we've got to throw all, sen- yeah, no, I was huh? going to say we need to throw all of the grammar lessons that our English teacher taught us. Forget yeah, that because and, one sentence, that is a paragraph and it can be sitting yes. there on its own. <laughs> when it comes to cold email, one sentence is a paragraph. <laughs> Contrary to what your grammar teacher used to say. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, one to four sections and one to three sentences each section. Three sentences max. Yeah. Fantastic. Keep, keep it that structure for all five emails. Don't go beyond that. Mm. Um and that, that, that's a really good format. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, um, reach out to Ryan. As you can see, he's a wealth of knowledge and uh, absorb lots of the content that you're sharing so that you can continue to, to tweak the email campaigns and, and uh, to ensure that you know, whoever's reading it, it's really going to connect with that message. Because, you know, a lot of our services and products that we offer really do provide a solution. And if our ideal client is not recognizing that because our message is being hidden amongst all of the clutter, then we're not going to be able to support them in the best way that we know how. So look, thanks so much for coming on the show, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love learning all this stuff. It's interesting, isn't it? And uh, times change and we need to be aware of the things that people are reacting with and responding to so that we can ensure that our message uh, is is standing out amongst all, all the noise and clutter in our inbox. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Appreciate you having me here. Love to be here and um, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.